Hello and welcome to Nested Folders, the productivity podcast where we get to talk about all the things that make us do the things. My name is Rosemary Oshad and I'm joined as always by Scotty Jackson. Hi, Scotty. How are you? Uh, hi, Rosemary. I I wish to do all the things. That feels that that would feel so good. I would I would love an all the things moment. Well, if you're here to figure out how to do all the things and you're new, well, hi, welcome to the show. Um, we are Nested Folders. You can find out all about us at nestedfolderspodcast.com. And if you really love us, then you can get a special monthly bonus episode at nestedfolderspodcast.com slash unnested, where we get a bit messier and a bit more personal and uh, solve even more problems. So, Scotty, today, one of the things I want to t- talk to you about is this thing that I think a lot of people have, which is it's not real until you said it, or it's not real until you've written it down. And depending on the context, it could be one or the other or both. Um, because mm-hmm. words are so powerful, right? What we do with them, what we don't do with them, it makes a huge difference. Um, and I've been thinking about this and how much it actually affects my productivity. Because it doesn't necessarily sound like it would, but it turns out it really does for me. Absolutely, it does. Because an idea... Boy, some ideas can be heavy, like, and I mean heavy and in sort of like this, like, really spiritual and psychological sense. And, um, my default is to is to carry that is is to carry this idea and, uh, rummage it around in my head and think through it and think around it and 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 toss it and turn it and you know flip it inside out. Um, but to your point. The act of externalizing it somehow, either by, by like like you said, either by saying it or writing it down, that changes it in a way that cannot be done solely right. internally for me. I, and I don't know if that's a truism or if that's if that's a me thing, but th- the act of externalizing changes my understanding of the idea in such a profound way. Yes. It does for me as well. And I have to say, it's it's one of these things where I encounter this uh, a lot at work. I'm a developer, um, as I'm sure some people know. And one of the things um, that is popular in developer land is rubber duck debugging, <laughs> where the idea is that if you're trying to figure out how to solve a problem or where a problem is actually coming from as you debug what you've written, you explain it to a rubber duck. But the rubber duck doesn't have to be a rubber duck. It could be a person, it could be a can of Coke, it could be yourself in the mirror, or it could just be writing it out in a different way. But usually the act of explaining it helps you crystallize your understanding of the problem. And it often leads to those aha moments where you start asking somebody, wait, so I've got this weird issue and I've been doing this, this and this, and this is what's happening, but actually that's supposed to be happening. Oh, there we go, I fixed it, thank you. And you and they they don't really understand what's gone on, but you've you figured it out because you've had to put it into different words, and different words make things feel different to mm-hmm. us. Um, and this is um, you know especially evident in some languages where they have um, different words or different ways of saying things depending on what you actually mean. So, for example, the English word to miss can mean many things, but in Swedish, there's two different versions of miss, like miss is in, oh, I really, really wish I had that, and something is missing, like it's lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's two different words. And I think that, you know, it's figuring out what words we're using and maybe why we're using them can also lead to understandings. Absolutely. And I mean, as you, so so twofold, one is 
you know, on unloading that mental burden, uh, externalizing it, you know, and being able to feel a, a whole lot lighter, I think. Um, but changing the internal dialogue that I have by making it, you know, by, by formally phrasing it in words that other people or my future me, if I'm writing it down, would understand. Um, to your point, words matter. And in it, it's funny how often um, my definition of a commitment or a project or an action changes while I'm mid-sentence writing it down. Because yes. as I go to write it down, I use a certain word and I'm like, oh, wait, it's that. It's not, it's not this, it's that. Oh, oh, oh. and th- a moment like that occurs yeah. way more frequently for me than, than, than I would suppose. And weirdly, um, I forget about it every single time it happens too. And I have to relearn that that is in fact a thing that occurs. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's a very interesting um, effect that mm-hmm. you know, that word choice has um in defining and understanding a thing as you uh, as i go through the act of of, ex- of of taking it out of my mind and putting it into the world yes yes it really does um and it's it's one of those things as well where a lot of the time when we're not taking things out of our heads and we're just leaving them sitting in our heads they grow like a snowball where they're just continually amassing, well, mass, and then they get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then it feels like you can't possibly get this little thing or get this huge thing as it is out of your head. Um, Mm -hmm. And by actually trying to transform it into words, you realize it's not a snowball that's frozen together. It's actually a tangled mess of yarn. And once you find like a point where you can start pulling on it, it doesn't necessarily have to be the end. It could be the middle. Um, and you can start pulling it and figuring it out, then then you suddenly start to realize how you can, you know, come to terms with, what, with whatever this problem is, whether it's just like, oh my gosh, this is a huge project and I don't know where to start. Well, you don't have to start by writing down the first action. You can start by just writing down any of the actions and then figure them all out later. If you're really, you know, struggling with the order of things, use post-it notes to write each action on because they're really easy to move around and they stick on like index cards so they're not going to go flying away. Um, But the other side of this as well is also what positive words do we use about things and what positive tone of voice as well to an extent because Mm. there's, there's some things that some of us can't shut up about like I love chocolate and you will never get me to not talk about chocolate. It's, it, I'm sorry, people. Chocolate is part of my life and it's here to stay. Um, but I'm I'm always excited to talk about it. But I have a lot of projects that I'm really excited to talk about as well. And realizing those things is also really helpful because it can allow us to figure out a prioritization system of things. You know, what what project am I always talking about right now? And for me, that's home automation. So great. So I'm prioritizing my personal home assistant and home automation projects for me because that's much more fun. Um, And okay, so maybe I'm not, you know, finishing the the furniture reorganization that I have planned. Well, I'm not super excited about it right now. And there's nothing that actually forces me to do that. So figuring out that I'm excited about something is allowing me to just 
use my positive energy for that and, you know, enjoy it instead of going, okay, I guess I'll move the drawers today, even though I really don't want to. You know, I'll do the other things first because, you know, I can figure out what I want out of that. That's really good. Factoring in the way I feel about stuff really, um, really has meaningful impact on, on, on how I do it. Um, and I think uh, speaking of truisms, I, I, I like thinking about, um, what is a project that I dread Mm. and then, and then considering, well, why do I dread that? And to the point of externalizing, writing that down, why do I dread this thing? Well, because for example, I'm working with this other team and I don't understand what their priorities are. Right. Okay. Well, now I have a project. Go meet that team and figure out what their priorities are so that I can understand how that affects this other project that I meant to work on. Okay. Now I'm not so scared mm-hmm. because, uh, because I'm, I'm reducing the amount of unknowns. And I will say too, that I'm also very guilty of being the kind of person who will think about one project eight different ways and make the internal mental mistake of thinking I have eight projects mm-hmm. creating dread. Yeah. Um, so, so when I go to externalize it, I, oh, okay. It's not the monster I thought it was. Yeah. Um, and I've, I, it, there's something about making something tangible that makes it manageable. Yes. Like the, in, in the, in the internal, the, I mean, the internal is infinite. I can have an infinite number of, like, there's no, I mean, there's there's probably some sort of theoretical limit, I suppose, when your brain just like shuts down or something. But like, there, there isn't. I'm not going to get a ticket for having too many ideas. No. So, um, but but I only have so many pages in my bullet journal, and the pages are only so large. So once I start making this like in, this infiniteness more concrete, then it becomes manageable because it because it is it is an artifact even if it's just like a written sentence that i can i can look at as as an artifact and say okay cool i know what to do with that and that's very um powerful i think in terms of turning something that maybe internally is causing bad feelings into something that externally uh i can reach a sense of peace with yes yes and i think that is really you know part of part of the solution to a lot of the things um and i particularly like what you said scotty about thinking that you've got eight different projects because you're looking at it eight different ways in your head because actually sometimes realizing that something is really on your mind and you know maybe you've already written out and you've you've done some planning like you know being able to sit there and go well why do i keep thinking about it from this perspective and sitting down and actually looking at the problem from that perspective can be very very useful And it's not until we've had these things, you know, floating around in our head for a little while that we can actually go, oh, wait, hang on a minute. Yeah, actually, there's a whole different aspect of this that I haven't really bothered to consider right now because it didn't seem important, but it's bothering me. So I should sit down Hmm. and think about it, even if it's just enough to say, "Okay, yeah, process this now and I'm I'm not going to do it. Because sometimes that's the other thing with, with uh, you know, ideas that you've got floating around in your head. Sometimes your brain just needs to work on them just enough to be able to let go. Mm-hmm. And that could be mapping out what doing that project could possibly look like or figuring out, you know, one of the trickier aspects of it without actually having to do any of the work. You can just, you know, solve the problem by going, okay, right. So I've thought about it. And if I were going to do this thing, then I would 
um, you know, then I would do that, 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 and that, and then that would be it. Um, mm-hmm. And that is, you know, that is quite powerful, figuring out, you know, why why do our brains hold on to things? And also then, how do we lose them by, or let go of them, rather, not lose them, um, by <laughs> verbalizing or, um, you know, actualizing in some way. Um, you know, because if you if you sit down and write it in a journal, it's technically not verbalizing it, but you, you're getting it out somehow. And it is quite an interesting process. And it's the same as well, you know, of asking yourself questions, because when you've got these things floating around in your head, they're kind of nebulous and floaty and, and stuff. And there there's some bits which are, you know, the dark, scrag, uh, dark scary gray fog, um, which is, you know, probably got monsters living in it. Um, and then there's the other bits, which are super light, floaty rainbow ones with little dancing unicorns around. Um, but mm. figuring out, you know, like, okay, well, where, where do things start to transition for this particular thing that's in my head right now? You know, at what point do I go from, yep, everything's great, wonderful, 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 to, ah, there's monsters under the bed. Because there's there's a point for a lot of these things where that's the point where our brains are trying to stop us, you know, and going, you don't want to do that. That's just going to cause you stress. You know, do you want do you want some stomach cramp instead? Oh, wait, how about a trip to Ikea? Procrastination? Yeah, let's do some procrastination. And, you know, brains are tricksy. Um, but <laughs> they, they, they're doing these things for a reason. And sometimes you just need to try and pull it out of them. You know, there, there's there's nothing that says, you know, you have to face every single thing that's in your head. Just because you had an idea doesn't mean you have to do it. As you said, you can have as many ideas as you like. Um, but figuring out all of those ideas that keep coming back and then making them real in some way, in any way that satisfies you or resolves whatever your problem is. That's kind of yes. wonderful. Yes. Yes. And, and, and for me as someone who has a productivity system, I don't know if this is true for you as well, uh, Rose, but I, I, I mean, having a productivity system means I have like rules of operating, right? I have some, some, some guidelines and some philosophies and some, um, structure about how that goes. And so I am always tempted to have some sort of either procedural or formulaic approach to externalizing things. And uh, because then I know how, oh, my goodness, I have mental anguish. How do I deal with that? Oh, I'll just pull out the mental anguish process and run that through. Um, I think giving myself permission to remember that this does not have to be formulaic. I can externalize, like you said, rubber ducking. I can externalize um, by doing a mind map or a bullet point list, or I can just start writing long form and just see what emerges as I start writing. Or I can have a conversation with someone um, who is either relevant to the thing that I am trying to work through or not relevant, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's better to get an outside perspective. But try not to get hung up on what is my externalization process and I must follow that. Right. Um, rather have a number of different outlets. Um, and I mean, help, helpfully, perhaps there's a list of like, what are my outlets when, 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 when I feel like my brain is doing too many things mm-hmm. um, and remind myself, Hey, I can mind map. Hey, I could list. Hey, I could um, talk to someone. Hey, I could rubber duck, whatever it is. Yeah. I, I think that that's probably not a bad list to have to trigger myself to say, okay, well, what, what is the appropriate tool in this moment? Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I maybe I sound like I'm overthinking things, but it, it is always tempting for my, like my default is to keep it in, yeah, uh, inside, um, and it's hard to remember the value of externalizing, even though it is incredibly valuable, and even though it helps every single time. For whatever reason, I still resist that by default. I, I don't know why that is. Um, so th- these are ways that I'm using to remind myself, hey, it does not have to be like that. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I think that is really powerful. One of the things that I have been trying to do recently as part of my weekly review is picking something out of my head and and trying to write like a couple of things about it. And one of the reasons why I've been doing this is because I've realized I've got a lot of great ideas floating around in my head for cool, amazing stuff I want to do. Um, and they keep coming back to me. So it would be smart to take a little bit of time every once in a while to, you know, drag some of these out of me and put them somewhere where I can then look at them as part of, you know, the bigger picture. But also, you know, there's definitely stuff lurking in everybody's head that they don't really want to think about. Um, and it is very interesting how your internal dialogue goes for these things where you know maybe something isn't going very well or you know or there's just you know there's a much bigger problem than anybody yet is able to tackle and you know it and you know about it but because you haven't said a thing you're you know it's not real yet um and starting to Mm -hmm. figure out a tiny corner of those things that you can not solve, because solving is the wrong word for a lot of um, our, our problems, which are going to be much larger goals rather than projects. Um, but starting to figure out, you know, where, you know, where where is this thing that is, you know, causing me some internal, um, I'm not quite sure what the word for it is, because it's not necessarily spiraling. It's not quite going around in circles, but it is this, you know, continued internal dialogue on whatever these things are and by you know trying to figure out tiny tiny pieces of them then hopefully we can figure out a a jigsaw puzzle um which is you know part of us um and put all of these things into place because as you said you know by figuring out whatever tool it is for whatever problem you know that that solves part of the problem because actually for me when i'm looking at this sort of thing and i'm going right yeah okay i need to figure this out um, which one I'm going to use a mind map for this, or I'm going to use task key for this, or I'm going to go and get post-its and sit, um, on my sofa, um, cross-legged and just stick them all over this huge board that I've got. Um, and then I'm going to reorganize everything afterwards by figuring out the tool that sometimes gives me a pretty big clue as to where my thoughts are and where the problem potentially is with something. Um, or where the cool and exciting uh, gem is as well, because of course it, it swings both ways. Yes, and and I think th- uh, this is something that you, you, we talked about a little bit on on a previous episode as well. Is um, I- externalizing um, and picking up on something you just said there also really helps the difference between yeah, is that a goal? Is that a project? Is that a task? Mm-hmm. Is that a bit of information? Like. It, Sometimes it is it is very unclear when kept inside. Yep. Is the thing that I'm thinking about actually actionable? Like, am I just agonizing over a thing I can do nothing about? Or have I not decided what I'm going to do about the thing that is swirling around? Or do I even know what that thing swirling around even is? And so I, I, I like what you said about, you know, project or goal, because that's understanding what that thing even is and what it means to me 
um, is very difficult to do uh, internally, but externalizing uh, n- now I've got a frame of reference f- for um, not just what it is, but then it's de- then it's place in my life. Is, is this just something I need to know? Uh, write it down, <laughs> file it. Is this something I need to do something about? What's the action? Is 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 there more than one action? Is this some sort of project or commitment? Um, make sure that I'm tracking that. Um, or is this some sort of bigger goal that I'm going to have a whole bunch of commitments about? Um, you know, factor in that into my thinking. Deciphering all of that is, I, I think, impossible for me to mm. do internally. Um, y- yet I think I can every time. Oh yeah. Um, and, and so making that differentiation. Um, I, I know that wasn't the main point of what you just said, but that that's stuck in my craw now. Um, that's that's pretty significant. Yes, yes, it is. Because also, how many things do we go? Yeah, yeah, yeah I've got it all down. Like I know what it is. I'm going to do on this. I'm just going to do the thing. Um, and um, we miss a step, or we we get half started and then realize, oh, actually, you know, all the resources that I need for this, um, uh, I'm missing like eighty percent of them. That's that's cool. Or I'm missing that one critical ingredient or whatever it is. You know, our brain's really, really good at telling us you got it. But externalizing things allows us to know that we've got it. Um, and sometimes it does feel to me, at least in, in my head, that it's a bit of a waste writing down these things that I need to do because I'm, I'm just going to do them anyway. Um, and it, it's not that difficult. Right. Um, and then um, the other part of me, which is, you know, the reminder that I have set um, in my in my review system is write the things down because you know them right now but when you're busy you forget the important bits um, and that mm-hmm. that is always the case you know I know what it is I need to do with this I know what I'm doing with that I know where I am with this you know I know exactly where I left off on that project at the end of work yesterday except then I get into my into work tomorrow and instead of sitting down and immediately getting back into it it turns out that there's like five or six other things that need my attention and they have to be dealt with. And then I don't know where it is anymore. Um, and I don't know what my next plan or step was. And so by adding a minute here to note things down and trying to externalize and vocalize and, you know, actualize all these things, I end up having a better sense of control. And also I get to be really excited about things that are really exciting because I can look at the words that I've used to describe my, you know, my favorite projects, the ones that are really grabbing my interest right now at this moment in time. And then I can realize that, you know, these are the words that I use when I'm excited about things. And I can use that to internally affect how I perceive other things, even stuff that I'm not really very excited about by using some of the same words. Um, And it's amazing how much power, um, you know, these things have because they really do affect everything. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, I think a lot about that. Um, I mean, I mean that old image that like you look at it one way and it's two faces looking together and you look at it another way and it's a candlestick. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that that's what happens with ideas, right? <laughs> um, left, left unattended. You see, you see it two different ways. So in externalizing it, you create that sense of constancy like like you just said when you get back to it to work tomorrow it, it it is the way that you left it it's the way that you defined it you haven't um you haven't left it in a, in a in a sort of um nebulous state where it could be something else when you come back to it um 
I mean, obviously the nature of work changes all the time, but at least as you assign definitions and meanings to things, uh, th- that creates a little bit of constancy and, and alleviates, you know, the mental strain of, of, um, you know, have, having not done that. So I think it's really important that when I use the tool of either rubber ducking or verbalizing that I make sure that I am writing down the outcomes or decisions or definitions or anything that I come to out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that there's a bit, of, so that there's a record, because if I do the verbalizing, that's great. Um, but if I continue to hold, you know, the idea of what that means to me as a result of that verbalization in my mind, uh, now I can't be trusted because tomorrow uh, my mind may have turned that <laughs> into something, or I may I may lose the thread on what those decisions were. So it, it's important to whether I'm writing it down initially to externalize or. Um, writing down after I verbalize to externalize. Yeah. Either way, I've got I've got to be writing it down, oh, or or typing it, or recording it, like in 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 whatever way. I say writing it down. That that could mean you know like typing it in a notes app, and that's that's the same thing to me. Yes. Um. The other thing about that is sometimes you know writing things down is too final for many things. Um, and for that, I would mm. like to remind people of the power of the question and the question mark. Um, and yes. um, there, there's something um, from Spanish punctuation. They start um, a question when it's written with an upside down question mark and then they finish it with a with a question mark. Of course, then it's not an upside down question mark, um, but I've forgotten the right name of it. But by prefixing something with a question mark, that can remind you when you come back to it later that that's what you were thinking, but you weren't sure of it. And so I have a very simple system um, based uh, a little bit on Markdown where I do my bullet points with dashes. But if I'm not sure about it, I do a question mark. Or if I've thought about something and I go, this is not the thing that I want to do, I use a cross. And it's very simple. Mm. Very, very simple. And it makes it very easy for me to look at things. And sometimes even if I don't know what the yes is by writing down what the no's are or what the maybes are, then that helps me come back to it later, um, which is, you know, a, a great way to solve a whole bunch of things, um, as it turns out, because I look at it and I've, you know, I don't have the solution to um, X, Y, Z problem right now, but I know that I've dismissed problems A, B, C, D, and E, or solutions A, B, C, D, and E, um, because they're, you know, and I've written down what they were, and I've written down, you know, like I've just put a note of too expensive or too big or wrong color or whatever. If I'm trying to, you know, mm-hmm. find a new bed for the bedroom, that was a recent thing that I've been trying to solve. And it turns out I still can't solve it. But I've written down, you know, the little bit about that I, I can figure out about this project. And you know what? At some point, it's going to eventually get solved. But it doesn't have to be done instantly. But because I've started the process of you know, actually figuring it out by writing it down, then that has made a really big difference. Um, And that is good because there are things lurking in our head. And if we can get them out of our head into our systems, then we can get them done and we can be productive. And who doesn't love to be productive? Oh, I I, I mean, raising my hand over here, because yeah, like, like you said, even if you, even if you don't define the solution the goal here as we're talking about things is to get things out of our head so you don't have to you you don't have to solve it but you but record the problem record mm-hmm. record the question record what the unknown is so at least so so you can remove it from your mind and you know what to come back to later yeah that's lovely and yes. then like you said 
be productive and we we know we know what it is we're we're going to start working on yes yes and then you also know why when your brain says yeah so you still haven't done the thing and you go yeah brain but look i've done all of these other things to try and solve this and n- according to you none of them are working so it's not that you haven't done the thing it's that you're not able to do the thing yet and so by shaping the internal dialogue a little bit there by having the evidence to show yourself to back it up then hopefully we can all feel great about everything that we're doing and sometimes the things that we're not doing because we know why we're not doing them. Um, but it's certainly great yeah. for me and it has been especially great over the last month as I've really been trying to focus on this to uh, to do this. And I feel like I've really accomplished many things and also dismissed many things. So I know what I'm not doing as well as the things that I am doing and there's just generally less stuff floating in my head. Which is a wonderful way to live, I think. Absolutely. In the meantime, thank you for listening. Uh, We really greatly appreciate it. Um, And you can find all of our back catalogue over at nestofodgerspodcast.com. And if you really love us and you want extra us in your ears every month, uh, then you can do that at nestedfolderspodcast.com slash unnested with a bonus monthly episode and access to our AMA where you can ask us all the great questions so that we can, of course, then try and answer them in one of said monthly episodes. Of course, you can also send us an email on our website and find us on Twitter at Nested Folders. Scotty, where can people find you? I can be found on the internet at heyscottyj.com on my very rarely updated blog, uh, but also uh, more actively on Twitter at heyscottyj. How about you, Rosemary Orchard? Where do people find you? You can find me over at rosemaryorchard.com. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at rosemaryorchard. Well, that's uh, been awesome. Thanks for a great discussion as always, Rose, and talk to you again soon. Goodbye, everyone.